Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the New Books Network. I'm Deidre Tyler, host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking to the author of the children's book, Melanie and the Box, James Tebow. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for being on our show. I wonder if you could begin the interview by saying a few words about yourself and how you became interested in this project. Well, I have been an author on and off. I've written two children's novels. Uh, One is Deacon's Folly and the other one is Michael's Black Dress. So after I finished Michael's Black Dress and I kind of took some time off from writing, I wanted to kind of get back into the writing scene, but I didn't know if I wanted to do another young adult book. And I was fooling around with an idea for a children's book. And I was waiting to find kind of the right illustrator. And then finally, I helped work with a nonprofit called Quab and Quills. And we usually commission people from the New England region to kind of do our cover. And one of them was Siri Patton. And I really liked Siri's design for our last anthology. So I thought it was a good idea. She had a kind of a cartoony kind of style to her. And I said, oh, this would be perfect because for Melanie in the Box, it's you know, it's it's realistic, but it's a little bit goofy. And I thought her art style was perfect for this. So I reached out to her and she was excited. And it took us a little while because we're both not full-time um, artists. We have our own jobs. So it took a little bit for her to get about it, but we managed to finish it up by the end of last year and it finally came out and we're very excited. Great. Now, one of the themes of the book is the way little girls model their mothers. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, so when it could be for other people as well, but I've always noticed that when children are growing up, they have a very close set of what they know. And when you don't know something, the first thing you're going to do is just model other people and then just kind of copy off of it. As you get older, you start getting different types of views and then you can develop your own type of mindset. But in those developing years, you really are just kind of mimicking what other people are doing. And sometimes that's good and sometimes it can be a bad thing. So naturally, Melanie is just mimicking her mother who wears this beautiful box and everyone else around her wears this box. So and she just assumes that you need to wear a box. And it's just, she doesn't necessarily question it until much later. It's just something that's natural. And so I think it's just pretty much natural for people to look up to their parents. And when their parents do something, they naturally think that they have to do it as well. It's only about their teenage years do they kind of maybe start questioning that. But, you know, growing up, it's hard to get a sense of what is and what isn't. And you just kind of follow what other people are doing. Now, another theme you talked about in your book is the parental disagreement over Melanie Wish for the Box. Yeah. So when people are 
growing up and there's this idea of like, well, when should somebody start doing this? Um, the, the one thing I was thinking about is uh, when girls decide to get their ears pierced or, or guys or whatever wish on that one. But I know that like Claire's jewelry, uh, I think they allow piercings at like 14 or something very surprisingly young on that one. And there's always this pressure of, um, so like some of these girls are starting to get their ears pierced. When can I get my ears pierced? And then you might not be a certain type of person until you hit that standard that everyone else is hitting. And sometimes parents want to acquiesce and they want them to fit in with everybody else. And sometimes they don't want to. So there's this kind of internal pressure of when is it allowed, when is it okay for a child to be like the other children? Because maybe those things are not in the best interests of your child. And there's always this kind of debate. So I, I had a little bit of that kind of struggle in the book to just kind of discuss that it's not cut and dry. Like when somebody hits a certain age, it doesn't necessarily mean that this X, Y, and Z are necessarily happen to occur. Now, before big events, most children are so excited they can't sleep. And you put that into your book. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was one item I really wanted to add into it is, um, you know, like when, when it's like big events like Christmas where you just you just can't sleep. And now I'm just like, I can't wait to go to bed. <laughs> but when you're a child, um, the, the unknown is exciting and um, a new adventure kind of awaits. And it's really interesting kind of the dynamic between being a child and being an adult where – um, when somebody can't sleep as an adult, it's usually like anxiety driven, but um, sometimes for a child, it's uh, just more for excitement. And I always thought that contrast was pretty fascinating. Shopping trip, another theme. Uh, what happens when they take that shopping trip for the box? So uh, I don't want to get too much spoiler territory into the book, but I will say that when they are shopping, one interesting element that Siri and I really wanted to add was just kind of allusion to uh, pink and blue. And that's one thing I really wanted to kind of put a question into is that in the past kind of hundred years, in a, particularly in American culture, um, Blue means boy and pink means girl. And that wasn't always the case, yet it's almost become normalized for our society, which is pretty fascinating. And if I think it's changing now, but I remember well, years ago when I was a teacher and my first year teaching, I decided to wear pink one day and my entire classroom absolutely made fun of me. And I was so self-conscious uh, about wearing pink that I don't think I wore a pink shirt for like at least three years until I actually build up the courage. And now I'm a grown man and these are just like little kids and I couldn't even handle it. And there's this pressure that, um, you know, for, for guys in particular, that pink is not really a color that you can identify with, but it's just a an idea. It doesn't really mean anything. But as society, we've determined these certain types of codes. And I think Melanie in the Box is something to kind of question, like, well, why do we do these things? Is it how serious do we have to kind of put these labels or boxes into things? Now, does society limit people's choices? I would say so. I, I would say that there's obviously a good reason to limit some people's choices for like safety reasons and stuff. But then there's also kind of a social pressure to not do things and kind of this 
invisible invisible kind of barrier if you will where um you might not be able to play a certain sport or you might not be able to enjoy a certain type of movie or music because other people have deemed that it's just you're this person and therefore you cannot like or do x y and z i do think that it's changing a lot more and that people are becoming becoming a lot more open-minded as to like these rigid society rigid standards that we've set up and i do think it's starting to crumble but i do think it's still there now you dealt with a lot of emotions in your book can you tell us just a little bit about some of the emotions you dealt with in the book yeah, I mean, when when someone's a teenager, um, I, I believe that a lot of emotions are a lot more heightened and everything becomes a lot more personal. And on top of that, I do think that there is this heavy, heavy pressure to fit in to society. And sometimes that pressure to fit in is not actually what you want, but because you are so desperate to fit into a certain type of category or box – you just kind of have to accept it. And sometimes going up against the grain and not being in that box is incredibly difficult and can be emotionally draining. And it takes a certain type of bravery not to be in that box. Now, what message do you want to leave the reader, the young reader with after they finish this book? When you are discovering who you are and who you are as a person, it's going to involve a lot of experimentation. And sometimes when you look at others and what others are doing, sometimes those are good influences. And sometimes those influences might not be for you. And it's okay to discover who you are as a person and that you don't necessarily have to fit into society's box or norms. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Can you tell us about the next project you're working on? Um, at the moment, I'm not entirely sure. It really kind of depends on how well Melanie in the Box does. If people kind of like this style that I'm doing and uh, they want more children's stories out of me, I would absolutely consider it. As of right now, I'm still focusing on my nonprofit, which is Quab and Quills. Uh, we are a New England nonprofit that provides opportunities for authors. We're currently working on our next anthology, uh, uh, Cascades and Currents. And so at the time, these are always my side projects. But if there's always an interest, I always like to get back into writing. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we look forward to those anthologies. Thank you so much, Deidre, for having me.